This episode of The Sleazy Podcast is brought to you in part by ShopNerdKO.com. That's ShopNerdKO.com. Your home for all things nerdy. Welcome to The Sleazy Podcast. The podcast about anything and everything, but mostly TV and movies. And now it's time to get sleazy. Hey, Rob. Do you want to open the show? No, it's your job. What? You're best at it. You don't want to open the show? No, I'm not that good at it. You are. You're better at it. Oh, okay. Well, all right. It, it's episode 174, everybody, of the world-renowned Sleazy Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Sleazy, obviously. And tonight I'm joined by my number one, Mr. PBS. Howdy. And Flakezilla is mm-hmm. back once again. Hi. How you doing, buddy? I'm here. Might want to move that uh that mic down just a notch there. There we go. There you it, was, go. it was like it was set up for Ned because <laughs> he was here. It was like yeah. up on your nose, and you're like, "Hi, how are you doing?" Hi, hi. Um, so glad to have you back in the studio. You're not dialed in with your blind dog. No, I'm not. It's not, so nice to see that majestic baby dumpster baby doll head. Yeah, I know. I didn't get a chance to shave. Uh, neither have I. Saturday is kind of like my my shave day. Whatever, but I'm not lazy. Just so pale. It's got those doll eyes that kind of you know go up and down. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. That, that's Rob. Halfway He's open a, and closed. It's a dumpster baby doll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's my favorite uh, Family Guy song, Prom Night Dumpster Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, Galaxy Con that came here. Just to give you a little uh, synopsis here of the show, uh, Indiana Jones: Dial of Destiny. I think we've all gotten a chance to watch that, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna talk about Godzilla minus one, and then we'll close the show out with the smash Netflix hit "Leave the World Behind," starring Julia Roberts and what was it Mahir? I was, I, I feel like I, I feel like I can say his name until you ask me to say his name. Yeah, like, yeah, right. that's how I Hala Ali. Yeah, Mashir Ala, <laughs> the guy then, from True Detective season yeah. three. Yes, yeah. yes, and Ethan and Hawk. maybe Blade. <laughs> I hate to butcher his name because it's like one of like he's in enough stuff that I recognize him, and like he's a favorite, obviously, uh, but I don't hear his name enough to remember it. You know, yeah, I feel like when I'm looking at it, I can say it. Well, I, I see him, I know it. I'm like, I, I just going to fucking, I think it's it, Mahir so Ali, it. isn't it? Mashahir Ali. Mashahir Ali. Ali. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, that. yeah. 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 So, yeah. The guy's supposed to be blade supposedly. Well, if you were any kind of fucking producer, you would have the right way to pronunciate the name up by now. That's true. Instead of leaving us flying blind every week, how we gotta do it truly is the blind leading the blind here ladies and gentlemen by the way so we went and saw godzilla minus one last night and we'll we'll talk about the movie later on in the show but godzilla is like rob zilla's favorite thing that's why he's named it's the name rob zilla because he's obsessed with godzilla and i i sent you know we kept hearing all these great things about it so I sent it and, you know, I was like, hey, guys, these are the showings for Thursday. Do you want to go? And PBS was like, I'm down to go. You know, I was just thinking about sneaking out and seeing that the other day. I was literally like 
the day before you mentioned it, I was listening to some podcast or something. They just kept talking about like, I gotta see if it's playing around here and when. Yeah. But then Rob Zilla's like, nope, can't go. Nope, can't go. And I'm like, you bitch. You piece of shit. And then he's like... He was like that. So then he, mm-hmm. he changes the fucking... He, like, he immediately try, tries to change the subject in the chat. He's like, oh, by the way, here's my shitty Asian show. Here's my... Here's well, I was my... in the process of sending it anyway. So. Please, don't add, please don't drill me about why I can't come to the movie. I just can't take it anymore. Don't ask me. They're going to make fun of me, whatever I say. That's doesn't true. matter. <laughs> I mean, does it really? Sir, do you see this movie ticket? Yeah. This movie ticket right here. Okay. This movie was so fucking good. I'm going to frame it up. <laughs> and it's always going to be the reminder of when I tried to give the gift of Godzilla to Robzilla and he fucking shit on me. Hugs. Sorry. <laughs> what was so goddamn important? None. I got to take care of that dog, man. Are you fucking kidding me? You didn't bring it down a notch. No, I'm not bringing anything down a notch. Take it up Listen, a notch. <laughs> do I need to bring out the Saving Silverman chart? No. Our fun level was here before this blind dog entered it. The old man. The now old man. our fun level is in the negative area. Negative four. Because you, you have to sit with the dog for, it, for two hours. One? For two hours, you have to sit with the dog? Yeah, dude. He's, he, I guarantee. He's pretty bad now. Oh, bullshit, dude. This motherfucker just walks panting. He's going to have a die of a heart attack. And you know what they'll do? They'll lay down eventually. They all dude. do that. Have you never owned a dog before and left the house? Yeah, but not one that's blind and has dementia and oh, going dude. deaf. Yeah, I had the same fucking dog. <laughs> the same fucking dog that ran around the, uh, the, the fucking living room like it was the end of the world when you stepped out on the front porch. Yeah, he doesn't run. He just pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, you know what happens? He'll get tired and he'll realize this is, this is futile. I'm, you get tired I'm, and chuck the deuce. Yeah, he's just he's just gonna fall asleep and shit himself again. Pretty much. Think, think how bad that dog feels that he has to rely on this guy to keep. Right. Reading. He's like, I'd rather be fucking dead. Do you think <laughs> that dog wants to spend twenty four hours a day, seven days a week with Rob at that fucking house? <laughs> he hasn't like, complained yet. Right now, he's probably like, "Thank God that dumpster baby doll looking <laughs> motherfucker is gone." Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like out in the backyard running around right now. <laughs> yeah, the- looking like a spry pup. <laughs> <laughs> shit the air's like hitting his face and he's like yeah <laughs> the air was, hits his face and then he starts walking he's like tilting when he's walking now I was, you uh, realize that this is beyond the lamest excuse ever I mean, for, it to, is what it is you I mean, just don't want to leave the house COVID has got you comfortable no <laughs> that I, I I want to rig up a Saul trap for Robzilla yeah and like it's got him and, and Brownie in a machine and one of them's gonna get like a deadly injection of insulin <laughs> Like the 200 units. Or one, of, one of you gets this to survive, but which will it be? Didn't they have that in one of them? Probably. It was like insulin it's, or something? Well, it's some kind of, probably like some type of like um, <laughs> liquid oh, or something. Robzilla, if you want to live, all you have to do is you'll never room. You'll never get this fucking experience. Okay. You see this? This is magic right here on okay. a piece of paper. Okay. Thermal paper because they can't. You know, they're cheap fucks. They can't give ticket stuffs. <laughs> can't give us our good tickets anymore. Yeah. What's I'm going to frame that bitch up, and I'm going to make you look at it every time you come over here. He's going to... Like, gonna, it's going to be on the back of this laptop. <laughs> he's going to... I'm like, that's a, that's a pretty ticket. He's going to keep it in, like, a climate-controlled dark room so, Fuck it, yeah. so it doesn't fade or anything. <laughs> it's got to live, everybody. Pretty much. And then someday when you die, 
He's just going to put it in your coffin with you. I yeah. can't leave the house. Brownie will die if I leave the house because no dog has ever been left alone in the house like, before. Be like, Rob, you have dementia. That dog died 40 years ago. Right. <laughs> you know what the vet is going to tell you? They're going to have this discussion with you. You know, when you do go in one day and make that decision and they, they, they're, they're going to ease your guilt, you know, because it's not a natural thing. And uh, they're they're gonna be like, listen, it's your dog's not the same dog that it once was, and this is ultimately the decision that's gonna guide you in this process. And you're gonna have to get that in your head, you know, like this dog has dementia, he's blind. I got to give him a shot, so and beg him to fucking eat twice a day. It's not the same dog, pretty much. And at what point is my life, you know? being uh contradicted with taking care of an animal like an elderly person it is what it is yeah i guess so it is what it is and that was a solid too because he uh had a um <laughs> <laughs> since we're, we're talking about he insulin was, he was he was looking that up <laughs> what i was there You'd have a 20 minute conversation you won't look a damn thing up but like yeah. shit he's getting on me i gotta look this up yeah we'll be talking about something serious like what is <sighs> mashir ali's pronunciation oh fuck them who fucking care <laughs> saw two gotta figure out what this is what was that trap mm-hmm. <laughs> how did the person <sighs> die in saw two yeah it's funny at one run- was one at, was burned alive one got shot in at the, the runtime of 45 minutes 18 <laughs> seconds Death total seven. You are quite the treat, Rob. You're a special I, person. I'm very special, all right. You are. You're our special person, though. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. It should. He's getting all worked up. You see he's, like, <laughs> moving back and forth now. No, I'm fine. Give him the business card about that fucking dog. I give me business cards every time, so it doesn't really matter. I would have went to the park and just, like, taken a walk and left Brownie in the woods. Yeah. Like let nature do its thing. Some predator will ease this this poor dog out of its pain. Totally kidding though. Brownie ends up on one of those uh, Sarah McLaughlin commercials. <laughs> Isn't that Brownie? Damn he might be, but he might be uh, driving a car by this time since that video you sent this week. <laughs> yeah, this guy taught his dog how to drive a car. Oh yeah, it's like in an obstacle course going through cones and everything. It's like shifting gears and shit. And of course, we have our one friend who Rob was in a race with to see who could not get their license the longest. You'll say, did that dog get his license quicker than Rob did? (laughs) He did, actually. Well, and I I sent that video to Matt, and I was like, look, bro, even a dog can fucking do it. You got to get your license, dude. You're, you know, almost 40. Come on, it's got to happen someday. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so that's it, you know. I had a whole segment planned that I was going to film for Godzilla Minus One, and you just, you've, you 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 fucked me. You see what happens yes, right when you fuck a friend over like this. Yes, I see. I'm de- I'm serious as a heart attack here, buddy. I'm I'm listening to you. You think this is all a joke? You're venting. I'm down. listening to you. You've let me down one too many times. I don't know. I'm, I'm tired sorry. of this shit. I'm sorry. I'm gonna fire your ass. That's you got to get okay. him a punch card. Yeah, <laughs> a little punch card. We're gonna get we're gonna get uh, that HR lady off TikTok to talk to you. <laughs> I'm gonna write her and see if like can you handle my HR stuff that I have right now. That's no problem, sir. So Rob, <laughs> we're here to talk about EOD. 
<laughs> End of December. Mm. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, I think you've you've uh, you've gotten enough uh, tr- yelling. That's I don't fine. think so. I think he needs some more. I think he's really. <laughs> it, it, you know. And then you ag it on. He needs more. Give him more. Your behavior is really crass to PBS and I's relationship. <laughs> PBS knows exactly how I'm describing that when I say crass, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very pungent. Pungent. <laughs> I heard that today and I was like, I gotta use I gotta work that in at Good some point. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, so you know, we went to Galaxy Con last weekend. A really good con. It's their second year going to it. Second year that's been in Columbus, I want to say. But uh, it was it was pretty good. What'd you think of it, man? It was fun. I went Sunday. Go, um, who hooked you up Sunday? Sleazy did. Uh, well, Sleazy hooked well, you up because sorry. Davey hooked us Davey up. Davey did. Thank you, Davey. We appreciate that. Yeah. Arrows, Aerostorm, I think is his yep. name. Aerostorm. But, uh, yeah, so they had a ton of fucking celebrities there. Yeah. But my goal was really to meet Mike Tyson, and it just it wasn't feasible. Yeah, tell us that little story, because I, I didn't know. I thought he was going to be there all weekend. Well, I thought he was there Saturday, all day. And then Friday, Davey messaged me. He's like, bro, he's only there for three hours. He was like, no way you're getting an autograph. And I was like, well, can you at least see what time, you know, the, the signings are? Nobody could figure out when, what time he was getting to the convention, let alone what time he was signing, what time he was doing photo ops. You know, I'm sure they had the photo op schedule ready, but, yeah. you know, it, it seemed like no, it was just a big catastrophe with him. But we walked in at like 10, I want to say. It was like right on, on time at 10. On Saturday, right? On Saturday. And his line was halfway down the convention hall. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's no way that these motherfuckers are going to get anything signed by this dude. No. Um, my watch is telling me we need to record at nine. Just X that out. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But so, and, and I'm like, these people, they're wasting their time waiting in line because by the time they move a quarter of this line, he'll have to go and take photo ops. And then by the time he's done with that, he's got to leave. Mm-hmm. There's no way he can sign all these people. But then, uh, was it Eric? I was there with Eric and, uh, his girlfriend, Colette. Mm-hmm. And uh, she met somebody that just got out of the Tyson line when they were trying to meet uh, the Hardys on Sunday. And I guess they said it was the the most horrific, like, I don't know. I wouldn't say horrific, but they said it wasn't a pleasant experience getting his autograph. It was very impersonal. You know, he had his closed-off booth like Kevin Smith had last year. Except when you stepped in the booth with Kevin Smith, like... He greeted you. He showed you some fucking love big time. But they said you you would buy a ticket to get the autograph, then go get in line, and or no, you had to get in line. Then you got up to the table, bought the autograph, then you waited in line to get inside the tent, and then you gave your your shit that you wanted autographed to the handler, and he passed it to Tyson, and he just scribbled a line and threw it down the table, and you moved. There's no fist bumping. Hey, how you doing today? Thanks for coming out, Mike. You're not to talk to him. Just go. It's all about the money. Yeah. 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 It's just a cash. You know, that's probably his weekend party money or whatever yeah. you want to say. But, you know, I, when you meet somebody, you at least want to have some sort of interaction with them. Yeah. Like, hey, how you doing? Even that, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it just like seemed, you said, get the fist bump or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, it just seemed really, uh, really fucked up. They probably had to like make sure that motherfucker is docile. Especially for those four people you're paying. Yeah, but we ended up meeting Trish and Lita on Saturday. Yeah, but they had some uh, some really fun displays. Like they had a whole aisleway of just shit posed. Like here's me with some Mars Attacks people. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Mars Attacks is a great, great movie. It's the best. It's awesome. Um. Where's my little arrows? They're not coming up here. There we go. So this was um, Gary Anthony Williams, and he does the voice of Uncle Ruckus for... Uh, the Boondocks. The Boondocks. And he was on uh, Malcolm in the Middle, right? I believe so. He's in a bunch of shit. He's yeah. a voice in Rick and Morty, and uh, he's he does some voices for other stuff. This dude was fucking funny mm-hmm. like he made the convention saturday and sunday for us like and every time we walked by he was yelling at us in uncle ruckus's voice and he mm-hmm. was like hey white people <laughs> beautiful white people and he kept giving eric shit yeah. he was like why are you hanging out with these white people mm-hmm. and you know colette steps up colette's <laughs> white you know and she's like that's my boyfriend he goes oh you can do better <laughs> yeah. I mean, his eyes lit up like yeah excited, he was so just like thank so. you for the material <laughs> this is it right right this is gold and uh you know i like he was so cool i wasn't gonna get his autograph so i went and got it sunday when we first walked in because i was like i got three four hundred bucks now to get other right. autographs and you got that tyson money you got the tyson money to fling around <laughs> yeah so and uh he was real cool you know he wrote me a nice little message on the autograph eric you beautiful white man <laughs> you're sleazy i always get stuff signed to sleazy um but he was really funny, really cool. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of people in it. But it was funny. This dude behind us had a PlayStation shirt on with, like, the buttons. Mm-hmm. And when we were getting out, he was like, oh, you get out of my line with that gang shirt. It's <laughs> <laughs> gang signs. It was hilarious. But I'm going to play a little clip for you here that, you know, Eric got a video done with him. So, yeah. And I, t- I stole this from our messages, so hopefully it's okay with him. Hey, everybody, this is Uncle Ruckus. Nope. It's Gary Anthony Williams, no it's Ankarak, no relation. <laughs> Gary Anthony, Anthony Williams is his name. Gary, never trust these little short Negroes. Look here, short <laughs> Negro is one thing. But when you get these little short Negro, they're like little black spider monkeys or cockroaches. <laughs> ain't no telling where the hell they're going to be. Plus, they give themselves a name like Eric. Ain't no Negro woman in the world I'd name her child Eric. That's a good white man name. He needs to be a Leroy or a Tyrone or a Mustafa or some bullshit like that. Mustafa. Anyway, it's almost a pleasure to meet you, Eric. Almost. I like that. Almost a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> almost. Yeah, that's that's what kind of stuff we say to Rob. Like it was almost fun hanging out with mm-hmm. you. you know? Almost. But he was really cool. Uh when we got his autograph, Eric was like, Man, you didn't even give him the uh hard of a time as me and he looked at you. He like leaned down on the table like real quick and he was like, What are you not understanding? <laughs> <laughs> Like he just stays in character, man, and it is hilarious. He looked like he was just having a fun time, anyways. When no, even nobody was there, he was cool. He sat and talked to me for a good five minutes when I, after I got his autograph, and uh, he was like, "Oh, you having a good time? Who'd you get?" And uh, I gave him my card, you know, for the show, and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna listen." You know, they all say that, but yeah, who knows if they ever do. But he would be so cool to fucking talk to on yeah. a show and just get to know him and hear his story. Um, yeah, but then we met. Uh, Lita and uh, Trish Stratus, if this wants to launch, yeah. So there you go. They both look. They were both great. 
very yeah. personable really nice um that's black hair there's rob zilla on sunday with trish does my, does my man rob zilla have both his hands in his pockets meeting trish stratus yes yeah no touchy yeah look at this majestic pose here oh you know i had to get a, a nice little like wrap around with them right just a little shoulder touch but let me tell you something they know how to work you too oh yeah they do they yeah. know how to work you and like yeah. get you talking and stuff uh trish was like she saw my shirt and well she asked me who i wanted my autograph written out to and i was like oh the sleazy and she saw my shirt she's like oh is that your show and i said yeah yeah and uh she's like well what do you talk about i said well we talk mostly of movies and tv and we do some crazy news every once in a while well, what's some crazy news she made me do a segment for her, yeah and i totally i had to tell her about the dude shitting in the pringles can <laughs> and she was like well that makes sense it's like the perfect shape to hold a turd <laughs> and i was like yeah she was like how'd they catch him and i was like he was on camera just launching the fucking can <laughs> she was like you can't get away with anything now can you i was like no the whole time I'm just like thinking like if you only knew <laughs> you only things, knew the things I've done to myself thinking about you <laughs> back in the day since I was 13 years yeah. old <laughs> there's a you with Lita Lita was really cool yeah. too mm. she was like uh, when I went up and had, there's me again with the where's the tax there's me with Trish shoulder shoulder touch of a lifetime there oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can see look at that that smile's worth a million dollars <laughs> But and I don't even know how old she she's got to be. What in her fifties? She's, she's no, no. She's like late forties. I checked. Is she like late forties? I think she's like forty six, forty seven. She's close enough to fifty. Yeah, but I mean, she's not fifty. Boy, how young was she then when she was actually on Raw? You know, got to be in her she's early twenties. Yeah, forty seven. Yeah, still looks great though. But her and Lita both look great. And she's like a yoga instructor and stuff too. Does a lot yeah, of well, yoga. I mean, she's a fit. She's yeah, always she's been a fitness, fitness person. Yeah. Yeah, she was super cool too. Lita was awesome. Yeah, it was so nice meeting them. I mean, they ruled the fucking, mm. you know they they pioneered women's wrestling, obviously. Um, Back in the Attitude Era. Yeah, you know, Lita was kind of. I don't want to say she was the first, but she was definitely one of the few that was taking high risk to high, you yeah, know high for, risk moves high risk yeah. moves for women. You know, you just didn't see women do moonsaults and stuff a whole yeah. lot. There's Rob with uh, your boy from What We Do in the Shadows. What's his name? His name is Guillermo, but his real name's Harvey Gillian. I think it's pronounced Harvey Gillian. Yep. Yeah. He's really cool. He's he really seemed nice. like a sweetheart. He tell tell really us about nice. your interaction with him. There's like nobody there for him. I think there was like one person in front of me. So then I was like, sweet. So I knew it wasn't gonna be long. So I got up there and you know I make it out to Robzilla, and he's like, oh Robzilla. He's like, are you a uh, storming and destroying villages today i said no it's sunday i can't be doing it on a sunday he's like is it the seventh day of a rest for rob Zilla? i said it is you should have said but i do have atomic breath so you might want to watch out <laughs> i'm gonna watch out so i'm like you're i'm like you're caring what we do in the shadows i'm the bitch in my group too <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like the gizmo in my group right did you I hand him a business card no, I didn't. No, I didn't. So I, I brought the whole box of business cards. I had to reorder them because, mm -hmm. you know, we just dispersed them everywhere in the show. But I was, like, handing them out to people. And you wouldn't believe how hard it is to hand somebody a fucking business card. Like, I was just, like, I was standing in the middle of the aisles and some, you know, somebody would walk by. And I would hold it out. And I'd be like, hey, you want this? <laughs> and the guy would be like, no. He was looking at me. He's like, why would I want it? I was like, oh, it's just a business card. He was like, for what? I was like, a podcast. Have fun. <laughs> and just flicked it at him. And, but I got to the point. You got to get it like just like 
throw it in their bags as they walk by. Oh, so <laughs> I got to the point where I was standing in the area where everybody was just kind of they would stop because it was an area where you could stop and kind of chill out and get your bearing straight. Right. So anytime somebody stood by me, <laughs> if they had a fucking jacket with a hood on, I fucking put the <laughs> card in their their hoodie, and then I was flicking it in their bags, and I don't, I must have put twenty cards in in people's bags that you know, they probably didn't even know. <laughs> was, a flip, was he uh, flipping the cards like Gambit? Like, oh, I wish, I wish, but I was like sneaking up, and mm-hmm. it became a challenge after a while. Like, how long? How much longer can I get away with this? Did you watch Catch Me If You Can too to get inspiration? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I sure card didn't. scene, but uh, super fun time, you know. And because I didn't get Tyson, I actually think I got something I enjoyed a little bit better. You know, like I got the bullshit with Gary Anthony Williams, and then uh, I went and looked for some artwork. I found some artwork, and uh, I think I have that on here. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can pull this off of Facebook real quick. I'll show it, but. Uh, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio were there from Daredevil. So I went and got a custom piece of artwork. That's what I like to do. I mm-hmm. like to, because you get to support the artists at the same time. Right. And then you get to have something unique that not everybody else has. Like people were grabbing the Netflix Daredevil cover and getting that autograph. Right. But Saturday, you couldn't get anywhere near these guys. Yeah. And uh, Sunday, I walked right up and I even fucking bullshit it with uh, Charlie Cox for a little bit. Yeah, no way he was there. I think maybe like one or two people before you went up there. Yeah, I mean it. It was it wasn't a wait at all. Um, let's see here if I can go here. Do 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 do. I can't remember. Did I share that on? Let me let me take that off. The screen, maybe, ladies and gentlemen. Thought maybe you put it on one of them. Maybe not Facebook. Might have been your Instagram. Maybe. Yes. Um, your photos. There it is. Boom shakalaka. He's on fire. He's on fire. Where are you at? All right, here we go. I'm going to share it on the screen for those of you watching on YouTube, which, by the way, like, subscribe, share. If All you, that stuff. Yeah, if you do that. But there's what I got. I got this custom artwork done. I forget the name, the guy's name, but he was super cool. Yeah, we got his business card, so he's a super nice guy. Yeah, and he was like, hey, if you do get them to sign that, can you come back here and take a picture? I was like, sure, dude. Yeah. So I went back and, you know, took a picture for him so he could post it. But uh, uh, Charlie Cox was so fucking cool. Look at that design, dude. He, like, fucking drew it. He didn't, you know, like pe- most people sign it. He was like, drew it very carefully. Right. And then he looked up at me. He's like, you want the DD? And you're like, duh, uh, duh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, we got to, because he asked me, he was like, what do you want it signed in? What color? I was like, you think it would look good in gold? And he was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I've signed a couple of these this weekend. And uh, they didn't come, they're they're kind of hard to, to sign this material because it was a kind of thicker mat. Yeah. And uh, he was like, I would recommend going silver because we want this to pop. Yeah, I feel like... Uh, if you're getting something signed, it's usually the black or the silver you really want, want to yeah. go for. Yeah. Well, because, you know, like sometimes you see, if you look back, uh, the Trish autographs back there, mm-hmm. like the black, you it just doesn't pop, you know? Right. So, it, but then you look at my Bruce Campbell autograph up there. It's in silver metallic, and it fucking pops, dude. Right. I love that autograph. Yeah, I know that that's silver on a, on a 
darker picture is really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. It looks great. But uh, then I, I, as soon as I was done with him, you know, well, I'll finish this up. I was wearing, uh, I wore a Nerdco shirt Sunday mm-hmm. just to kind of get some exposure for that. The pink Barbie one. I wore the Barbie-themed nerdy shirt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's pink with the white Barbie, uh, you know, kind of fawn or whatever. And it says nerdy with nerd glasses. But as I was finishing up with Charlie Cox, he was like, by the way, you look wonderful today. <laughs> and I was like, what, what, what's that supposed to mean? I was like, Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Charlie. And I just walked away. I was like, Charlie Cox told me I looked wonderful today. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. A little pep in your step at that point. Yeah. But he, he was super friendly, super cool. But, uh, I mean, then I walked right over and I got Vincent D'Onofrio. And I got to say, I've heard bad things about Vincent D'Onofrio, like really? him not being personable. But the people in front of me, they were like, hey, you know, we're just here. We're getting a Christmas present for my dad. He, he fucking loves you ever since Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like right next to him so I can hear all this. And uh, he was like, well, oh, he just didn't want to come out today. And they were like, he's sick. So we're just kind of getting this, getting him this for Christmas to kind of lift his spirits. He was like, can you like do a video call with him real quick? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he did a fucking video call. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, hey, I just wanted to wish you well. Uh, he was like, uh, you, your son and uh, daughter are here, and they, they say you're a big fan. And, uh, you know, he just talked to the guy for like five minutes, and it's like, for the shit like that, you really don't mind waiting. That's fucking oh, yeah. cool. No, that's yeah. well, I think that's kind of like what you really want from a convention experience yeah. anyway. Yeah. Well, and plus, he probably had the time where he can do it, and there's probably times where he can't be that person. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't have a huge line. Right. You know, it was just me and like two other people behind these people so right i mean he was cool but in uh he saw charlie sign with the the silver so he grabbed the silver right away mm-hmm. and uh he i didn't even have to ask him he wrote kingpin on it and all right. that he he was cool he was very polite to me and uh you know i i could tell he was sort of like a germ phobe because you know he would back off from the table after he was done signing stuff mm-hmm. so i just waved at him and i was like hey thanks man i appreciate it and he was like oh thank you he was like you're welcome see you later but he seemed he seemed pleasant you know but for him you could tell it was sort of like a job for him as other people they're having a blast doing it yeah right but i did think that was cool that he did that for that guy though that was super cool but had a blast man it's it's always fun going to those you just get wrapped up in it and before you know it it's like eight or nine hours you've been at these conventions and you're you're fucking beat and you're like oh it was so worth it you're gonna uh you're gonna have to do one of those calls one day like uh, my buddy rob wanted to come today but he's at home with his old dog so (laughs) yeah give him a facetime call that's what i should have said to vincent (laughs) d'onofrio i'm getting this for my buddy rob for his birthday he can't be here because he's taking care of an elderly and his family (laughs) you notice i didn't say dog right he was taking care of the old man yeah he would look at you like no he can't Can't fucking leave the house to get my hey, autograph? Let me call this fucker. <laughs> I'd be like, that piece of shit. And I'm like, Give me your right? phone. <laughs> right? Give me your phone. Right? He's the biggest turd ever. <laughs> call him up. And then he would pull the fun chart out on you. Yeah. Him and Charlie Cox. You see this? Right, both of them. Yeah. Yeah, Where Charlie the hell Cox. are you, Robzilla? Yeah. Like Charlie Cox would be like, You can't you can't leave the house for two hours? What's the problem? <laughs> What's the problem here, buddy? It's not like the dog's gonna run away. <laughs> they can't they can't see anything get the keys and drive off <laughs> <laughs> what did you do if you came home and you saw the garage door closing and a 
you know, the car, like the brake lights going in from park to <laughs> this motherfucker took the chicken and his insulin. He's ready to go. What, so, what do you feed him on a daily basis? Basically, it's just uh, chicken, chicken with a uh, chicken broth, season a little bit of salt, and the dog eats better than us. Yeah. And then uh, chicken nuggets for his like little dessert, like couple chicken nuggets. So he gets chicken and then chicken for yeah. dessert. Oh, he gets excited about the chicken nuggets, man. He's like, well, who loves them? It's a dog. They I get know. excited for anything that's edible. Dog gets excited to lick its own butthole. What are you talking yeah. about? Here? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get excited about eating the chicken, though. Rob's like, he gets excited when we, we dangle people food in front of him. Oh, gee, who would have thought? No, he don't dangle anything. Uh, like, these nuggets make my worth life worth living. <laughs> yeah. I got to deal with your bullshit to get some a couple McNuggets. You better not have burned them, you fat fuck. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of your shit. I'm going to wake you up in about two hours. I'm making you take me out to piss at four. <laughs> oh, no. Try about two o'clock. Good luck going back to sleep, fat bitch. <laughs> I heard something moving around. I look, and, they, and I looked over. He's staring at me. He's like, like an old man. Oh, dude, that's the worst. He's pulling your dad on him. Huh? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, okay, so Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny dropped on Disney Plus, what, two weeks ago? That. yeah the first weekend of december uh man i gotta say pleasantly surprised pleasantly surprised with this one i'm gonna pull up letterbox here if if this window wants to pull the fuck up jesus shouldn't be this hard to get shit i've been waiting like four months now for you guys to check this out and Did I, you go in theaters and yeah, see it? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. You should have called me. I would have went with you. I think it was one of those ones I just kind of like. I snuck out because I'm like I was I was debating whether I wanted to see it because uh, I think we all know I've really kind of hated Crystal Skull. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everybody hated it. And I was debating whether I wanted to see it because it's getting mixed reviews. And that's how I felt about yeah. going to the theaters. Right? And I was like, and I just told myself after, that it was kind of getting mixed reviews. It wasn't doing a lot a great box office. I'm like, this isn't going to be in a theater long, I don't think. And I, this is the last time I'm going to get a chance to see a new indie movie in the theater. So I'm like, I just got to go. So I just kind of snuck out for like an early afternoon showing or whatever. Good for you. And uh, I, I've, like, kind of like you said, I was mostly pleasantly surprised. I, um, you know nothing for me. For me, nothing compared to the original trilogy. It's, yeah, it's like three yeah. of my all-time favorite movies. Raiders alone is like one of my all-time favorite. They, movies. they literally crushed it back to back to back. Right. Yeah. And then they were just like, let's you shit know, on me. Some people aren't a big fan of Temple of Doom, but I I still love Temple of Doom. I think it's great. That's probably my favorite because I grew up watching it all the time. I love you, Indy. And then you know, Last Crusade was just like, I I bought I I I didn't buy it, but. My parents bought Last Crusade on VHS from back like when McDonald's had VHS. You still have it, don't you? I don't have the cover, unfortunately, but I still have the VHS. I still have my VHS uh, trilogy I got for Christmas, like in like 95 or 3 or 4, whatever it is. Okay. So Right on. To say India is still my favorite Harrison Ford character. We've talked about that before. I'll take India over Han Solo and all that any day. He was such a badass with that fucking worn out leather jacket and the hat and the 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 fucking whip dude the whip was awesome like he didn't need anything that whip saved the fucking day right not only could it detour enemies but he could use it to get out of tricky situations and you're like fucking indy's the man right so like i said it was it got kind of mixed reviews and it wasn't doing great at the box office but i'm like i just i gotta go see this so i've been i'm happy 
and like I said, I I really liked it overall. And I'm like, am I? I'm kind of like looking around, like, am I nuts? Like I was trying to tell people, like I think people more, more people. I wished more people would have seen it in the theater because I think it deserved to make a little more money. Yeah. And yeah. so I've just been waiting now for it to get to streaming and see what more people are going to think, think of it. I think they did a bad job marketing this one. Like, I mean, the trailers did, didn't make you want to, like, go to the theater and see it. You know what I mean? But I don't know how much more they could have done. I don't, I don't remember the trailers too much right now, but I feel like they really should have hyped it. Like yeah. a lot more, like this is Indy's last adventure. Go see this thing. Well, I remember yeah. seeing the trailer, but it was like very scarce. It wasn't like nonstop, like back to back. You see it like every other five yeah. seconds. I feel like or ten seconds. I, I, yeah, I, wish, I just wish the trailer had been a little different. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's a like great you cast said, too. Great cast in that movie. Like you said, they really could have done a better job. Like you know, enjoy one last ride with Indy in the theaters. Mm-hmm. You know, and but it just makes me sad that it didn't do well. But what else can you do you know like maybe said, they shouldn't spend as much on these fucking movies oh that was that was a big thing the thing like th- that was the big deal uh this year is that like indie and like uh mission impossible were like 200 million dollar movies yeah for very like you know mission impossible kept paying people during covid and all that too so that inflated everything but like that's still a lot of money yeah <laughs> no there's matter some, what you do there's some damn good scenes in this movie though I mean, oh yeah that that beginning that first like 20 minutes where yeah. they're on the train i was like this feels like fucking indiana jones that right that was the big uh sort of like the big cgi thing is they yeah. cgi'd i'm pretty sure harrison ford was playing indy yeah yeah in the opening and they did de-aging they cgi'd him to be kind of younger and it, i think for most of it it looks good it's it's kind of like a darker scene anyway it looks good when he's just sitting down or standing up or moving it's kind but, of grainy it's kind of no no you, you just Please don't cut me off. Let me finish. Okay. Let me finish here. You got me? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, so, like, when he would get up, you could tell it's geriatric Indiana Jones. But they had the de-aging going on, you know. So, like, that part of it was like, uh, you know. like I was The only bad thing about it was they they used a current Harrison Ford voice. Yeah. So he, even yeah. if he looked good, young, you could, you, yeah, you're yeah. with it. With you're, you're thinking like how many hours of, f- f- uh, you know, footage or audio of Harrison Ford's voice is there in the indie movies and all the movies. They couldn't de-age the voice a little bit. Use one of these, uh, AI right. generators for the voices. Yeah. Like you could tell, like he, it looked good, but you could just tell it was geriatric mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. So, in a few spots, yeah, but 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 it, they made it work. That's the important thing. They made it work, and it wasn't overly annoying, right? And like you said, that first twenty minutes, I I felt like I was watching an old Indiana Jones movie. Absolutely, it felt like something that could have been at, right out of something in between Raiders and Last Crusade and all yeah. that. And I almost wish like they had just done that as like a short film or something at some point. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it would have been it done really well. It was intense too, just that first twenty minutes and the situations he was in. Who doesn't want to see you know Andy going against the Nazis one more time? And the the ending, man, that where you get to see what's her face, and you're yeah, like Marion. Thank God, oh, yeah, they had to have her in it. I I, I had a little little teary eyed. Oh. Like oh, well, <laughs> she was so hot back in the day, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. She's Allen. still good looking for her age, mm-hmm. but. uh Man, it just bought a good movie, man. If you're an Indiana Jones fan, you're going to love this movie. I was, uh, when it first came out, I don't remember, if, I think it was after I'd seen it, I was like going through people's letterbox profiles 
and I was like finding people who rated this one really low and going to see what they thought of Crystal Skull. <laughs> and like anybody who like, oh, Crystal Skull is like four or five stars. I don't like Dial Destiny. I was like, I put their name on a list. They're going <laughs> down sometimes. That, that was just. That's my hit list. I feel like anybody who likes uh, Crystal Skull better than Dial of Destiny, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I, could, I, I mean, Dial of Destiny or, or Crystal Skull, it was still a Spielberg movie, but I, I don't. Well, the quality is, is much better on this one. And, and I don't, this one just seemed more well put together. Like I said, there's, I still, I, my, my big uh, gripe with it is they did that, uh, the thing where they just kind of made Indy's life kind of miserable. Yeah. So that they can kind of make it better by the end of the movie. And that was like my one big gripe. And that kind of goes back to, to Crystal Skull as well. I don't like that they, uh, made uh Shia LaBeouf his son his long lost son because you know you watch you watch Last Crusade and Indy has a bad relationship with his father and it's kind of better by the end you think if they were going to give Indy a child Indy would have wanted been would have wanted to have been in the child's life and he I w- think that was really kind of he he wouldn't have been a deadbeat dad right mm-hmm. yeah he might have been off adventuring and all that sometimes too but maybe he didn't know you know things well that's what it was right he didn't he didn't know and I, I didn't like that decision and that kind of transfers into this movie a little bit and that that was like my one big grab like why does Indy have to be kind of miserable because <laughs> yeah. I don't because I don't see that character as like like a person who gets self-pity he's like a character that gets knocked back and kind of gets back up again mm-hmm. and I kind of wish they'd have did that I understand obviously for the narrative why they had to do it this way that was like my one big gripe but everybody was good in it the direction was pretty good I, I wish we'd have got like maybe one more ride with Spielberg if Spielberg really wanted to do it. But since he didn't, you know, that, that's okay. You can't. I'd rather somebody who not do it if their heart's not going to be he, in it. He was busy making the Fablemans. Leave him alone. Right. <laughs> he had he had important stuff to do. So, yeah, I really, uh, especially now that it's just streaming on Disney Plus, I really hope more people check it out. And I, I hope more people give it a chance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, you know, we talk about all the time like these streaming services so much so much so much but it's like you know you pay for this what 10 bucks a mm-hmm. month or whatever and it's like renting two movies so watch get your money's worth out of it and then cancel it so yeah, so i'm i'm hoping now that it's on streaming it'll kind of have be, a second i'm i'm hoping to see a lot more uh, people be like oh man i can't believe i didn't see this in the theater it'll have right. a second coming of some sort yeah you'll you'll feel fulfilled I just I just want to be vindicated. Yeah, I you know I had that feeling after I watched it, like man, I missed out not going to the theater and seeing this. But it was that's solid. all you gave it a three and a half. I gave it a three and a yeah, half. I gave it three and a half stars. It was you know it was above average good, and then it surprised me how good it was. So right, I gave it, was, it another half. Like I said, it was never, never going to be a classic indie film. Yeah, but I thought given Harrison Ford's age and everything, they got just about everything out of it they could have. What'd you rank it? At uh, 3.5. 3.5. 3.5. 3.5. It's a sexy sweater you got on, buddy. I know. Just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. So Buy the merch. Who's sitting with Brownie tonight? Tracy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just want to make sure. Mm-hmm. You think she's... Did she feed the dog or did you feed him? No, I fed him. How do, you, how do you know she doesn't leave when you're gone? I think she leaves. Well, I get the ring notification if she left, so... What if she sneaks around the block and leaves? No, she leaves. She leaves. So. Goes out the back door and... Has her friend pick her up down the street. That's fine too. <laughs> okay. It's like we got this guy fooled. 
It's you've, so, been, you've been hoodwinked. I know. You, that's got to be, you know, she meets up with her friends. She's like, can you believe it? He sits with the fucking dog all week while I go out and do shit. Maybe you just take the dog over to the neighbors or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, Brownie, go to the neighbors. Get out of here. Okay. <laughs> she pays like the little girl down the street to, to watch it. I'll bring you some chicken nuggets home. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the payment. <laughs> all right. So moving along, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about what we were talking about earlier. Godzilla minus one. Bro. 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 You see this fucking ticket right here? This what is ticket? this is a ticket of fucking magic and memories right here. And you'll never get that shared experience with us again with this movie. This movie was fucking amazing. 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 This is the movie you've been begging to see. I know. If you're a Godzilla fan. I know. But... God damn! So it's it's a Japanese film, so it's all in subtitles. So some people that might not be their, cup, their of cup of tea, you know. But get over it. Get over it. It's a great fucking movie, man. And they made this for like ten million dollars. Everybody kept saying fifteen, and then you shared that article where yeah, it was, the it guy was, it was the guy came out. He was like, "I wish I had fifteen million dollars to make right. this movie." But uh, PBS and I, I mean. You know you've seen a good movie when you stop out in the parking lot and you're like talking about the movie and what you enjoyed about it. And, um, you know, Godzilla doesn't look terrible in this, and the way the movie's shot, it's in the you know right at the end, the tail end of World War Two. Right. right, it's sort of, sort of a prequel. Yeah, to all the other Godzilla movies in in a way. Yeah, at least you can take it as a prequel, or you can take it in its own. It's almost universe. like I I feel like in a way it's kind of. One of those reboot cool yeah, real right. dealies. That's kind of people got to feel of that. Oh man, super good though, man. So uh, here's here's your little uh, synopsis here. Uh, post-war Japan from zero to minus, and post-war Japan a new terror rises. Will the devastated people be able to survive, let alone fight back? And it is it is good. I gave this movie five fucking stars. It's how much I enjoyed it. That's great. It's how much I enjoyed it, man. Uh, PBS, if if you had to rank it, what would you? I think give? I ended up giving it a four stars. Yeah, which is pretty good for me to give a a new movie. Four yeah, stars. that's what I was gonna say. Let but alone like a Godzilla movie, anyways. I took into consideration the fact that, I mean, number one, it's just a well well done movie, mm-hmm. all the from start to finish, and number two, I mean, there's you know, it's a, it's a foreign film, so you don't know anybody in this. It does it does one of the hardest things for any Godzilla movie to do, and that's for you to care about the people. the people. Yes, and you know, it had such a small budget, and it wowed me so much. I mean, I had to give it five stars, man, because mm-hmm. like we talked about ye- yesterday, like even the parts that you can notice where the CGI might not be, you know, what you would be accustomed to in a big godzilla movie uh it's it's still not bad you're kind of like i'm still into the movie and i don't fucking care about what that looks part of the part of the thing is um the director is a vfx guy yeah and i think from the outset he had a certain vision so even the very few shots that you were kind of like "Eh," on they weren't so like out of step with the rest of the movie that they were like glaring it's just like oh that looked a little "Eh." like when you see godzilla walking you're kind of like Ah. and then he like hits a building and you're like oh all right so it's like it's okay I, I said now. this to you on the way back that he kind of moves like a guy in a suit yeah. so it, it's 
still kind of this real movement, even though it's a little different. Yeah. So I still, I still really, I, I really liked that. I liked um, the the beginning of the movie starts with a Japanese like kamikaze pilot. He kind of chickens out basically because he doesn't want to. Obviously, doesn't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> and he pulls off to this island where they've got a runway and they've got mechanics or whatever, and he has to stay the night there. And Godzilla attacks in the night when he's still kind of smaller before the atomic bombs and all that. And it was like a scary scene. It's, yeah. it's, it, it, I don't know how you felt, but it made me think of like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. And I yeah. really, for that couple of minutes there, I, I felt like I was like back at Jurassic Park watching oh, that yeah. 20 whatever years ago now. Definitely. And that really got me super into it at the beginning. Like, okay, okay. This, Godzilla is going to be scary. That's and what people like said is he's actually going to be scary. So, they, they just did a really good job with setting the tone of the movie and the hardships of the characters. And you re- they do a good job with making you sympathize with the character situations. And, uh, like, he meets a girl that dumps a baby off into his... And then they meet up, and they're not really in a relationship, but they're just kind of banded together because the city's just been destroyed from world war ii you know right so everybody's just kind of doing what they can to help each other out but uh and you just really they show you how their relationship progresses over the time and then godzilla comes back into the picture and you're just like i don't want these people to get fucking hurt and Mm -hmm. i i you probably didn't hear me because i don't think i audibly did it but there's a scene into the movie where the, the the female lead is like I need to get a job to yeah. provide help provide for our little family, and she's like it's a job in the city, and you see Godzilla walking walking up on the city, and you just see on, her on a train, and you know what happens to people on trains and Godzilla, oh, yeah. and I, I almost like audibly just went, <gasps> and like she's toast, like you're just the first thing in your mind, like she is toast. That's a wrap. get off get off that damn train. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of funny because like there's a part where the train's going and Godzilla just like the timing's impeccable. He just like stops and looks at it. It's just like, Oh fuck dude, these people are done. <laughs> but there's, there's a scene where he's, where Godzilla's like walking through a field and he walks through like the big house that's in the field. And I'm just like this asshole. He could walk around the house, <laughs> this one house in this big ass field. And he walks through it. And it's just so many little moments like that. Yeah. is what really kind of like kept me into it. I mean, they just did. This guy that made this movie did everything right. What's the guy's name, Rob? Look it up real quick. As I have the laptop in front of me, but I'm setting up for the next segment. But he just did everything right from character development, plot, uh, the action, the effects. I mean, it all just wrapped in together and it just fucking popped and worked. A lot of people have been talking about there's the scene where uh, lead character goes to work on a uh, like a minesweeper boat yeah and eventually they run into godzilla at one point and it's, it's people keep comparing it like jaws in yeah. a way like that's just a great scene of godzilla going after these other ships and diving under the water and they're trying to figure out what to do that is very jaws like now yeah. that you mentioned that it's pronounced takakashi yamazaki takakashi yamazaki yes okay but that it's, guy i guess in the box office now it's up to 58 million dollars yeah worldwide yep uh, so yeah, they've already profited off of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully they give him more money for the sequel because it looks like 
not to spoil anything, but you know, they always give you a little teaser at the end. Like right? every every Godzilla movie's got a sequel, yeah. so it's yeah. not like yeah. I don't think it's really saying anything. Like, oh no, yeah. it's not going to have a sequel. That's just crazy. But I hope it gets more, you know, attention now that I think know, it is. I mean, it got my attention when I saw people talking about it. So I hope you know us saying something, you know, gets somebody to go see it in the theater. But uh, I, you know, and I hope it has a great run on streaming too. But man, it was just so fucking good. And how hard does that fucking Godzilla theme hit? When they, when they, yeah, a couple times in the movie they they play that like original Godzilla theme, and it's dun, just, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know, dun, you know, dun, dun, it's dun. about to get real when they hit it. And I mean, it just hit in the theater, and you just it just put you like when that I heard that music, I instantly felt like I was fucking back in, uh, you know, a, as a child on the weekends, bored as fuck surfing through the channels and i hit a sci-fi channel godzilla movie marathon i just felt like a kid at the tv again you know and uh man it was just so fucking good i can't say enough good things about it like i've been thinking about this movie all day today i think it was like on rotten tomatoes like 97 percent. like it was like super high um i forgot to check to see what the average ranking is here on letterbox it's definitely not a five, you know, five stars. But here's a, in the Wikipedia article. It's a direct uh, a quote from director uh, Gareth Edwards, who did the 2014 Godzilla movie. He admitted to quote feeling jealous, adding that this is what a Godzilla movie should be. Exactly, and it should be mentioned as a candidate for the best Godzilla movie of all time. It's been you know getting 4.2. Yeah, so it's stars. a four. It's a 4.2 on uh, Letterbox average. So, I mean, that right there tells you that it's a. You know, it's a good movie. I mean, uh, an okay average movie is two and a half. Three to three and a half is good, you know? Anything in that four to five range is really fucking good. Right. So. I was uh, looking up to see. I, I thought I'd read an article saying it had been nominated for some awards already. But it's already won the best use of visual effects for the Chicago Film Critics Association's awards. It's... uh pending for the uh, it's the best foreign language film for the critics choice awards uh i'm trying to see i thought it was maybe that was the big one it's already won a couple of awards of the las vegas film critics okay so yeah i think that i think that big one is the critics choice awards pending see if it wins best foreign language film for it see if it ends up getting in for an oscar or something yeah maybe it'll win like best foreign movie or something you know that'd be cool but all I got to tell you is, right now, this is the front runner for for uh, sleazy motion picture of the year. So, uh, so I'm going to tell you right now. I re- I responded to one of our friends, uh, Derek, and I said, I mean, this is in my top ten for the year, easy. Yeah, it, it might be my in, favorite in a year of Martin Scorsese. Um, I got to watch that now. Fincher, Nolan. Mm-hmm. This this movie's in my top ten, maybe my top five. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the. Uh, what's the latest Scorsese movie? Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, it's yeah. on Apple now, so I'm gonna, I gotta watch that. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. It's a good one. But yeah, man, Godzilla minus one, fucking good. Go to the theater and see it. I'm I'm begging you, please go to the I, theater. I, if if you can see it on the big screen, I really it's recommend worth it. it. It'll be just fine to, at home, but just to hear that experience of the rumbles, the and, roar. Yeah, I mean, it's worth it being in a theater. When that, when that go this fucking weekend and see it. When that I'm looking at you. If you don't see it by the end of this weekend, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Okay. When those, 
when those atomic spikes or whatever start charging up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just I, like, I, I've oh, seen it. somebody's yeah. about to eat it. Somebody's going to get fucked up. What would they do, like, you know, if he didn't have his atomic blast and it was like an atomic boner? <laughs> <laughs> and he went out and humped like a, a warship or something? Godzilla in heat. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just, Is Godzilla male or female? They never really tell you, do they? Isn't it? Well, like, that was like the sort of the twist of like the 90s Godzilla movie with like Matthew Broderick, right? Oh, Wasn't that yeah. Godzilla was like either female or like Lame asexual and laid eggs or something? Eggs. So yeah. I think it just kind of depends on whatever they want it to be. Uh, you know, it's a nuclear monster. What are you? Right. We don't know anything. But, man, I just, I loved it, man. And I loved that, you know, like the whole point of the movie is these people know they're fucked. Right. And they're like, this is impossible, but we've got two good plans here and we're going to fucking go for it. <laughs> now, like you said, it, it, the hardest thing for a Godzilla movie or any monster movie is to make the characters well enough that you feel scared for them and yeah. that's it, it does that and it's like so we well. were talking we went and saw that the the first of the new reboots that they did with brian cranston mm-hmm. and i'm like it had fucking brian cranston arguably our generation's best actor fine actor regardless yeah yeah i, I mean and we couldn't connect with him in that movie like there's something wrong there it's like yeah it's okay <laughs> yeah it's just okay but now i want to watch that movie over again I still I want to catch up on like the Godzilla and Kong and all that. Well, I just rewatched that. I'm like, and you still really don't even with that girl and Kong where you, you feel a little bit of connection, but then after that, it's kind of like, eh. You, you really just don't feel it with other human characters. Yeah, and that's always been that way with Transformers too, because nobody give a fuck about Sam Witwicky. They're like, I just want to see Autobots and Decepticons fight. Well, that's they make it they make it about something too. It's our, our lead character who was he's viewed very dishonorably yeah. because he didn't fulfill his job as a kamikaze pilot, even though we're all sitting here like, well, it would have been a dumb thing to do that in the <laughs> right, last right. days of the war anyway. So we're waiting on him to figure out how to redeem himself. And it's just, it's just a great story. It really is, man. And I mean, there's a part in this where they fucking reach out and grab a hold of your emotions and you're just like, man, fucking hell. What did I just watch? <laughs> it was... I'm glad that it kind of hit as a surprise to a lot of people. And I, I told you right after that I uh, I was going through reviews earlier in the day and it always kind of hits my, hits me, hits my mind. I'm like, man, is this going to be overhyped? Because I, I try to look at reviews from people I follow and think I agree with a lot of times. So I'm like, yeah, this is getting a lot of good reviews from people I, I trust their opinion. But like it, it, always in the back of my mind, right? Is the lights gonna like? Did it get overhyped? I don't know. We're gonna find out. I made I made this TikTok last night, <laughs> and I uh, I I put it up this morning when I got up. Hold on a second here. But <laughs> uh, oh, I can't. Uh, here, let's hide that. There we go. This was this was totally us coming out of the theater. He's like walking out of the theater after yes! seeing Godzilla minus Hell one. Yeah! Hey, come on, baby! Come on! Yes! Come on! This is only a slight exaggeration of how we walked out of the theater. I mean, it was pretty much like that was me going nuts, and then I was like, reached back and I was like, what a fucking movie! And PBS was like, yeah. <laughs> it was. But man, what a fucking movie, dude. I mean, it's just very rare when you see a movie and it just has you wooed like this. Mm. 
afterwards you know you you know or wild i should say after the after a, a movie even a good one you're kind of like yeah that was good could have done this or that but that was better but this is like nope it's just a good movie i gave it five fucking stars man i just thought it was as perfect as they could have made it so solid yeah very solid go fucking see it the minute you hear this drop the fucking phone or whatever and just run to the theater and you know what it's, it. it's a good thing rob Zilla wasn't there he might he would his presence alone would have made it like four and a half for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> it would have dropped it down to three and a half stars <laughs> just hearing him cough all fucking movie <laughs> you hear godzilla getting ready to roar and you, <laughs> he's like really are you gonna fucking do that right now i'm charging up here try to do something here <laughs> all right so we're gonna head into our last segment of the show and we're going to talk about what everybody else has been talking about this week pretty much but uh leave the world behind and uh this is starring uh, julia roberts and mahershala ali is that how you say it yeah that's how you say it okay and ethan hawk of course and kevin bacon and yeah kevin bacon's in this and uh this girl is uh i think she just goes by my first name or whatever what is that Maya Hala I think that's about right Maya Hala I think so yeah, Maya Hala yes weird. Uh, anymore now I mean is, we just keep seeing new names and stuff and mm-hmm. you're like yeah. I need to figure out how to say this shit directed by uh, is it Sam Ismail if you go back up to the top I think yeah Sam Ismail the uh, creator writer whatever of uh, Mr. Robot yeah yeah it, well it had a Mr. Robot tone to it definitely mm-hmm. Um, but here you go. Here's the info on it. There's no going back to normal. A family's gateway to a luxurious rental home takes an ominous turn when a cyber attack knocks out their devices and two strangers appear at their door. And so basically, uh, that's Mahershala and his daughter. Ruth. Ruth, yeah. And uh, so his name in this would be GH. That's right. And, uh, you know, they show up in the middle of the night, kind of, and they're like, hey, you know, stuff happened in the city, and we figured we'd just come back to the house, even though you're renting it, and, you know, we just want to stay here until things get over, and then we'll get out of your hair the rest of the weekend. And, uh, you There's know... There's a... I like that scene. I wish... Uh, I'd be interesting to have some female perspective here, because that whole... Uh, so, so Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke and the two kids go rent the Airbnb. Yeah. And then you know like a they see like a ship uh, end up like beaching itself oh, yeah, they're on the oil beach tanker. yeah oil tanker. they're on the beach and they're just fucking sitting in their chairs and this oil tanker's just like runs aground pulling right up you know not stopping and they're like we should get up and fucking move and sure enough it just hits the beach and then they go 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 back home and it's like oh well the internet's not working right we need to reset the router and then in the middle of the night almost that that's when they show up and they're like, oh, yeah, we. this is actually our house. And you're kind of like, is it? There's no pictures or anything. So it's kind of like, what are they doing? They can't get on the internet and yeah. look this dude's profile yeah, up. Right. And he's like, well, I've been emailing you all week. And she's like, you could have done, anybody could say this. Yeah. Right. And well, well, let me see your ID. Julia Roberts is like really skeptical about it. Maybe doesn't want to let him in. And Ethan Hawke just kind of lets him in. And I was just thinking... Uh, my girlfriend says that about me like all the time like I'm too naive about people or whatever yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like I'm like it, it would have been so her kind of movie right there 
of like, no, we can't let him in here. And Ethan Hawke's like, well, I mean, it it could be. He had a key to a cabinet. It's probably their house. How, how can we tell them they can't come in their house in a way? Yeah. And, and I'd, I'd be curious to hear a female perspective on that. Because <laughs> you'd just be staring at you the whole time like. Yeah. <laughs> in just full disclosure here, if you haven't seen the movie, now is probably your time to dial out, dial out for the week and come back and revisit this when, after you've already uh, well, before, seen it. Maybe before we get there, I will say um, – it's really tense. That's what I like about oh, this yeah. movie. It is very tense. They, uh, I compared it a lot while I was watching it to, um, what was the M. Night movie? Knock at the Cabin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it had that vibe to it. It's very much, you know, Knock at the Cabin is these people show up and say, hey, we have to, you have to kill yourself or you have to, you have to kill one of you or the world's going to end. Right, right. And it, that one, they have their TV and stuff and you can see that there are weird things going on in the world. Whereas this one, they make it a point that we don't show you the outside world. We just show you what's going on yeah, like right around They you. literally have no fucking idea what's going on. And then that's the suspense. Yeah. And like, like I said, with them shut up in the night, do they live here? Are they even people? Or, you know, what's what? Because it, it gives you that vibe. Like, is this an alien thing going on? Is this a, this thing going on? Yeah, you don't quite know where it's going. And even maybe until right toward the end, you kind of figure out what, what it's going to be, what, what kind of thing it is. And that that tenseness throughout is what really kind of kept me into it. Yeah. Well, what's even the demeanor with uh, Ali's character too? He's just super calm. It's like, and then Sandra Bullock's character is like, "What the fuck? No, what? Like who? Sandra Bullock? I mean, uh, not Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts' character. It's just how skeptical how skeptical she is, and which you would be at that point as well. Got you all flustered. I know. Uh oh yeah, dude. There's a scene though that I, I really enjoyed like i said I, I gave you my warning this is your last warning if you haven't watched the movie just yes we, just we liked it we thought it was good yes if you don't want to know more tap out now yes okay so your warning's done we're getting ready to spoil this but anyway so there's a scene where she's talking to uh ali and uh she's like i fucking hate people and i'm just like this woman's so goddamn relatable yep <laughs> but uh I, I mean like you said very tense movie and it's funny because they have kids with them obviously too and they're, every once in a while there's like some kind of sound going off and it like i mean it just cripples everybody yeah and uh you know the, the kids in particular are struggling with that sound but they end up you know they end up crossing paths with kevin bacon's character mm -hmm. and he's telling all these things he's like what do you people been paying attention to the past couple of years mm -hmm. he's like they use frequencies to attack us and then they're going to do this and then they're going to do that and pretty much they're going to start a civil war to bring the country down is you he's, know. he's very much um not quite a doomsday prepper type but basically he's prepared survivalist type. yeah he's ahead of the curve he's he's gonna make it a little bit more than your average person yeah <laughs> if shit hits the fan but uh it's kind of funny because the kids are like the internet doesn't work anymore and the the little girl she's like i'm on the last episode <laughs> of friends that's the funny thing about that. i need to get a signal so i can finish this I need to know what happens with rachel and ross yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> But, uh, and there's like, you know, like we talked about 
last night in the car, like the shit with the animals, mm. yeah, was kind of like I didn't understand that. Well, the I think the idea was that <clears throat> they, with things having happened, it disrupted the animals like normal patterns, like their migratory patterns. Think of like back during COVID, like when people weren't driving as much. And like how, you know, the environment kind of cleaned itself up a little bit and yeah. animals were going places maybe they hadn't been in a while because there was traffic wasn't around and that kind of thing. So I think that was kind of the point of that. Yeah, I think that was, you know, well, what, maybe even were, like the sound emitters or whatever was causing them to do something or whatever. They were migrating in masses, right. you know, mm-hmm. in herds. But, uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple scenes there where you're like, why are these deer just stopping and staring at them? Right? <laughs> yeah, that's what freaked me the fuck out. I mean, that would be. Um, I've, I've, we had about nine deer in our yard one time, and they were just laying the fuck down. And I was like, I've never seen this many deer before. So it does right. take you back, and you're, you're, and you're like, holy shit, what's going on here? Or like, you, like know, you see, you see like a ton of birds yeah. hanging around, kind of flying around. You're always like, you know, it's just birds flying in a flock, but still, it's always little. It, is this a precursor uneasy. to something that's right? going to happen? You know, like, you know, we talked about it on the way back in the cars. Like, you know, animals kind of know sometimes when like things are coming. And you're like, you're always like, you see birds kind of flying around like, is something Are those flamingos? <laughs> yeah. But right. I didn't think they were going to let them in at first until something else bad happened. Right. And yeah. I figured they were going to sneak in. But when he went up to the, the, the cabinet and unlocked it, I was like, oh, they got to let him in now. Right. I mean, who else has a fucking key and knows where, where to, that key works, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but I like, even then they kind of kept it because he couldn't figure out which key for a second yeah so even then it's still just a little bit of questioning yeah. what she even says to uh julia roberts character she's like well what if he just broke it open he's like he had his back turned to us yeah you're like no oh. <laughs> the the daughter man she was uh she was kind of a little rude at times mm-hmm. to you know i don't blame her though she's dad like, fixed the signal yeah. dad well ali's daughter uh ruth She's a little bit of a bitch. Yeah, she was like, these fucking white people need to leave our house. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, she why, was... Why were you sleeping in the basement? This is our fucking house, why Dad. Are we, why are we trusting these white people, Dad? Yeah, you know what, though? If they if he would have handed me a thousand bucks, I'd have been like, you can have your bedroom back, dude. I'll go down in the basement. <laughs> yeah, that's no problem. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the movie is just so tense, and then it's kind of one of those movies where it ends, and you're kind of like, they leave it uh, for you to kind of um, take how you want it to end, mm. you know. But obviously, the movie ends. You know, they're looking for their uh, Julie Roberts' daughter, and she's like, Rose. she's like, oh, we don't know where she went, and she ends up finding the. She hits the fucking jackpot of all jackpots in post-apocalyptic war, but she finds a house stocked with every kind of fucking. Food. candy and cereal imaginable and she's nope. pigging out kevin kevin bacon's character even tells him like well your other neighbors you know they got like a secret bunker secret rich person bunker put in so yeah. they're rich and she goes down into that bunker and she finds all kinds of shit got their dvd stash what's yeah. the first thing she looks for though friends and she pops on and puts that that final episode the last on. one the last one yeah and the movie ends so and I, I like how people are like do you think they made the bunker made it to the bunker? why wouldn't they have made it to the bunker well right. they keep having you know julia roberts character and ruth like oh well she's got to be in the house that's over there so i'm well, assuming yeah, that's where it's right at. yeah they're right they're, there they're literally on their way they just yeah. stopped you know because of the deer incident but i mean my interpretation of the ending is yeah they find the bunker eventually and i'm sure they find it after she's watched the finale to friends she's like, okay i'm good now yeah because the real question is what happens then do they yeah. just 
all hide down in the bunker or you know because yeah. that's, that, that's sort of the point of the movie is that is something big going on or isn't it kind of what is it and we obviously never learn exactly what it is but we've got a decent idea it, they, they give you an idea they sprinkle little things in like we obviously know there's some kind of cyber attack because mm. when they try to leave the house they they try to get on the freeway and the freeway is just blockaded off with Teslas. nothing but new that, teslas that was a really great scene yeah that was creepy wasn't yeah. it and then she's like get in the fucking car get but, in the fucking car but honey we got and is is ethan hawk's character seemed like a fucking stoner he's just like all laid back like he's just a honey, naive just, oh, he's okay. just a naive guy he's just a laid back yeah whatever his deal is he's a laid back you know upper class white guy i, <laughs> I think there there was one part i don't think you're supposed to laugh but i was laughing when he was runs into the lady who's speaking spanish she's like oh, okay yeah. well I'll see you later he's just like <laughs> she's like still screaming and yelling at him don't lie we all would have rolled that window up and driven away yes like yes. what do you you know that's that's another one it's tense but it's kind of funny like you get in a situation like that what am i supposed to do i can't understand this person they're obviously obviously they've seen some shit go down yeah but i don't i don't know what i can do i've what seen they want me to too do. many movies where the person lets that person into the car and then they slit their throat and take everything huh. yeah so I'm, I'm just you know as as friendly as that lady looked i just couldn't take the chance of I mean, when it's post apocalyptic time, it's me over everybody. Like I'm, I'm taking my safety into account. You know, this ain't the fucking seventies where you can just hitchhike and it's no problem. Yeah, that. I mean, even though she looked harmless, you just never know. I just curious what happened with the the son, if he was going to end up dying or what the fuck happened to him. No, nah, I mean they they mentioned the attack kind of uh, causes some people to lose their teeth. Yeah, from the well, vibration or something, or from the signal yeah radiation well, i think no, no it's frequency okay they were they were shooting frequencies sounds and it was fucking with certain people and it caused him to lose his teeth but it, it's kind of reminiscent to what those cia agents down in uh was it cuba or something or, yeah whatever, wherever it was where they, they like were it. reporting they were thinking somebody was using some kind of frequency weapon on them mm-hmm. and it was they call it havana syndrome don't right. they i think that's what it is yeah but i mean the movie kind of takes certain events that have happened and kind of you know wraps it into a, you know one story here right and, that, and i think that's 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 the point yeah that there's nothing um you know like, like I, was, I was talking about like you you don't know what's going on when the characters show up right right you're like hey, you know they're even hit like are they human or non-human or something like that and it doesn't go that way they're just people so it's it's very grounded it's not like anything's so crazy like ah oh, this couldn't happen or wouldn't happen and that's sort of the point like this could kind of happen that way yeah i don't know if it would be quite as bad you know like i don't know like obviously i don't think drones would be flying around dropping paperwork off i think those would be yeah shot down before they can make their way in it so they'd have to have some kind of insider <clears throat> that's already here in the country right. to do that at first, I didn't really think that was paper. I thought it was some, some kind of like mist or something that was coming down. Yeah, initially. I thought it was like some kind yeah. of chemical. Yeah, like crop dust of some sort, right. you know. And when he was like, especially when Ethan Hawke's character was like, fuck, and he started flooring it, and you're like, oh my God, that's going to catch him and he's going to get fucked up. Right. You, you know? couldn't tell. You couldn't tell what it, it was. That's part of the movie suspense. You just don't know what what's going on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's obvious that you know there's a cyber attack that's happening, and they they're just not they don't know what's going on. And then you see the the scene where they cut to the 
the the shot of the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like a missile or something's exploded or a bomb's gone off. Right. I don't know if it would be a nuclear bomb, but I think it, I think it looked like just like planes had flown over it and were dropping yeah. bombs or something. Well, even Ali's character, he kind of starts explaining near the end like what it is because he, you know, what yeah. his character does. He, he so kind of kind of so he kinda, he kind of knows, and he was afraid that was actually true. Yeah, he knows because he is a financier and he has a high end client mm-hmm. who is. Uh, or the defense military. Yeah, he did something, something. but and he called him back because he made some financial decisions, and he, he was like, "The big one's coming. You need to be prepared. You know, you won't even have time to react." He was like, "I'm, I'm getting out of here." Yeah. Well, he said he moved some big numbers for even big for him. Yeah. And, He's like, "You uh, take care of yourself." But yeah, I mean, it was it was good, uh, and I love that people are freaking out about this mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. movie. I mean, I, I like it when you know movies cause uh discussion obviously but a lot of people are like oh my god you've got to watch this we need to get prepared this is going to happen to us where's where's the doomsday prepper show now we're all going to die and of course the thing is like all those people kind of missed the message of the show the message of the show is we've got to change how we act so we don't get to that point yeah you know because even even explains it like if if you take away the information and then you get people to turn on each other it's a very easy way to to start a war or whatever yeah and that's sort of the point is like you know if you're in a community and you kind of trust your neighbors you're not all going to start going crazy you know right away I, it reminded me of uh, the twilight zone episode the monsters are due on maple street where these people all live on one street and they're like power starts going off and then power might come out on one person's house and that one person is like oh they're the new people who just moved in what what's what's going on with them why do they have power and we don't and it's it's very much sort of about your community and if you have community with the people around you if shit kind of hits the fan you'll be less you'll be more reluctant to like go into prepper mode or whatever yeah you'll actually interact with it and be like what do we, what do you think's going on here can we band together and yeah, do something that's what the community is for yeah. well there's a few instances too when they're talking and you know they're like I need to know if I can trust you. They they improvise that a lot as well through the through the movie. They do what now? They uh, emphasize that. Emphasize. There we go. Yeah. About can I trust you? Are it's you, sure you tonight or? that's having the trouble speaking. <laughs> I know. That. Normally it's me. Cause it it also kind of reminded me. Um, There's a uh, a book called The Postman, and it was made into a movie by uh, Kevin Costner. Okay, I remember that. Ago. Yeah, and that's a movie where like a war happens. And there's a part in there where they said, you know, we probably would have recovered from the war, but all those survivalist doomsday prepper people actually made it worse <laughs> by like fighting each other for their supplies and uh, like going into like government facilities and, and ending up uh, screwing a bunch of stuff up. So like for a second, I was kind of wondering if that's where they're going with the Kevin Bacon character. Yeah. But the Kevin Bacon character, of course, turns out to be kind of reasonable. Yeah. And usually in these kind of prep in, the, in this kind of movies, they're not. So that was that was kind of a little bit of a cool subversion. He, he hooked him up with some uh, some meds, right? That, that like I said, another another tense scene. All there, you know, they got guns pulled on each oh, other. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and Ethan Hawke just kind of telling him like, "Hey, I'm just I'm just trying to do. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to do what's best for me and my family. Can you help me?" I thought for sure somebody was getting shot in that. Scene. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, was, yeah, I was like, ready. I thought uh, I I thought if anything somebody was going to get shot, and you know Ethan Hawke's family was going to have to 
take care of somebody you know it just it seemed like it was going that route but they were able to like you said they were able to keep right. their cool and that you know the point of the movie comes across very well in that scene right yeah like you know take care of each other and it'll work out right it's not like obama made this movie here's the symbols. oh that's that's oh another God. thing dude it, like it's funny like i've seen two different reactions from it and it's from that crowd and <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my god reaction number one is oh my god we need to fucking prepare for this shit it's gonna fucking happen world war three is gonna happen and this is how it's gonna be right. they want to sort of double down on being the kevin bacon character yeah <laughs> and then the second kind of re, uh reaction i've seen it what a liberal piece of shit movie <laughs> and it's like i didn't quite get that it was like there was no like liberal like well i think that the that sort of community message is sort of on on the liberal side of like, yeah, well, everything will be all right if we just stick together. And you know, they do the thing where, like, um, it's not like they're they're pushing, you know, like Medicare for all on you or some shit like, like that. You know, like Ali's yeah. character is kind of saying, like, oh, you know, nobody's really responsible for these things. Even these high ranking people, these things kind of just happen sometimes. But the reality of the world is sometimes this stuff results from people doing these yeah, kind of things. It, yeah. It's somebody pokes the bear. Eventually, yeah. something happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just didn't think it was like a, you know, a, a, a political piece like some people are like, because right. they're like, oh, but the Obamas produced it, so they put a message in it to right. scare you. And that was that was Fuck a it. thing a while ago. Like they got some big investment from in the Netflix or whatever. They got paid like a bunch of money by Netflix yeah. to be producers or and on this kind of stuff. I mean, the movie was already like greenlit from Netflix, and they just gave them more money to produce it. But, uh. <laughs> I don't see anything political about the movie. I mean, it's just be a good person. Is, yeah. is that really so hard? It, it is. But uh, I do think um, at the same time, yeah, you do need to be somewhat prepared if something happens. Of you course. Know? Yeah. Well, I'm always the, I'm always the one there's um, if you follow it on TikTok or there's like some more like left wing preppers and they're kind of like, you know, the idea is you can't, you can't, just live you can't just like uh, hoard a bunch of canned vegetables and stuff and ammo in your basement and think something you're going to survive something like that happening that oh, is yeah. you, you're going to need you know you're going to need how to like farm and that kind of stuff you're going to need other people you can't just hole up in your own basement and expect to survive forever yeah and so that that, that was it. like i said this one's a little interesting because it doesn't quite do what what these kind of movies usually do and everything and and the suspense really kind of keeps it going so i do like that it's got a bit of a different feel than a lot of these movies kind of do wait julia julia roberts is kind of showing her age a little bit in this one she's, I mean, she's, she's she still looks great mm -hmm. but you can tell like you know some of those scenes they're like, they get that super hd close-up look on her mm -hmm. face and you're like yeah my pretty girl's aged man just a little bit but man, her and ali were having a little time dancing, i do I thought they were totally gonna fuck. Not yeah. I thought they were gonna fuck, and the you know Ethan Hawke was gonna find him and go crazy and yeah shoot. Like that's the you know there's so many scenes in, in this movie where you, you're so tensed up. You're like, no good can happen out of this interaction, <laughs> right. yeah. even if it's positive. Because you know she's starting to come around. She's been the bitch the whole movie. She's like, I don't like people. You're and throwing on me. They put on this fucking. Uh, they're in his music room or whatever yeah. and he's got a whole wall full of records 
and she puts on some some hip-hop from like the 90s or something and my god was that like the whitest white girl dance you've ever seen <laughs> oh yeah and i'm whitest just like the white it was cringeworthy how bad julia roberts was dancing right there i'm like they couldn't make her dance somewhat better <laughs> I, I mean come on it's how real people dance yeah well even the uh, interaction with ruth and ethan hawk's character like you know they're relaxing they're smoking weed i'm like yeah what's gonna happen here and then like after that she's like talking to her dad he's like i and plus he wants to fuck me it's like yeah I how was that I, like, I didn't quite get that it's that, like uh, if anybody needs to die it's gonna be you because you're the one who's causing the she problem was here. a bitch yeah she's the problem <laughs> i did like when she sat down and uh she was like you want a hit of this or something is that she she offers him doesn't she yeah yeah and he's like what's in it and she's like weed and uh, you know i got a good chuckle out of that but Boy, man that son that their sound was going to town on that picture wasn't he <laughs> yeah man <laughs> it, 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 yeah she comes back in she's like he, he he wants to fuck me and it's like what what did you get out of that like well even even ali's character is like he's he didn't like even look what, at he's her. he's like what the fuck are you talking about like the I mean, hands just out there trying to catch some rays and relax and you know it's like sort of you know relax away from the situation and, and calm down and clear his mind and she's out there fucking bothering him you know getting him high so you fucking me your students see there you go yeah that's she's the problem he's like no like what are you talking about lady <laughs> it's like the the truman show what are you talking about <laughs> what are you talking about well even the fucking deers man those deers creep the fuck out of me too they're just standing yeah, there they were like creepy. <laughs> i don't know if that was the cgi being a little wacky and you know making them look extra creepy at, at that moment but yeah the deer were fucking weird i think i thought i saw somebody put like the tesla scene on um twitter and like maybe elon musk responded oh, wow. in kind of like a positive way and so we're like didn't you see the movie it was like the tesla thing was bad yeah. <laughs> it was bad that they were autonomous vehicles or whatever at least they didn't hit anybody uh, because they moved they were, elon they were trying yeah uh, I thought that was, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. Thinking, thinking about so, how something like that might work. Yeah. yeah. And that was creepy because you're just like, what the fuck's going on at this point? Like, you, you just didn't know how to put your wrap your head around the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, where are all these fucking weird ass white cars? I'm like, where's the bodies? Yeah. And then they're like, and you see Tesla, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, when Stop she looks fucked up. Yeah. When she looks at the thing, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like the shit has hit the fan, man. Hey, honey, someone's coming. Get in the fucking car. Get in the fucking car. Yeah, they're coming, all right. Because <laughs> yeah. nobody's in that motherfucker. Yep. Uh, so I gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd. Would I you? gave it. Th I gave it three. You gave it three. Yeah. Yeah, I was a three and a half. -er. I, yeah. I was really into it. Yeah, it was good. But uh, you can catch that on Netflix. So, I, and I feel like this is another good example of cast like i feel like these certain people who played the roles if they wasn't in i don't think i'd been nearly as good you know oh definitely yeah definitely uh but i i don't know i think the the movie had a nice tone to it to where they could have moved some people in and yeah, out no, i it. thought it was it was directed well yeah the, like i said the, the tenseness is what it's really all about for me yeah i was just because i mean think of how we how much we rely on the internet anymore Oh yeah, you, to well, get our technology, news and I mean, stuff going on around us and all technology that. Technology in general. Oh, dude! Anytime it storms, I'm like, got my spare battery charged up, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be prepared. My phone is not shutting the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's boring as fuck when the power. We lose everything out. new. Did it? Snake Plissken did that. Yeah, but uh, that's all we have for you. 
for episode 174 of the world-renowned Sleazy Podcast. Um, my Final call to, episode of the regular season? Yeah, for, well, next week will be. Well, yeah. next week's our holiday episode. Yeah, so, I mean, really, the, sort yeah, of the last episode. Final regular episode of the season? Yeah, so, and we'll be back next week for another episode, our Christmas episode. I'm not sure what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, but, you know, whether we play a Christmas game or we do some Christmas trivia... I don't know. What would you guys think of that Merry Dismas? Where you have to, like, write the card down or whatever? I'm down with whatever. You didn't sure. even fucking look. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll have uh, to see what we can I'm do. I'm sorry I inconvenienced you from opening your phone or from you having to hit the circle and go up and look at the message over TikTok. Well, you fucking did. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, obviously. No. Um, but, yeah, we'll figure something fun out to do next week to kind of get you in the holiday spirit. And uh, then we'll be back in the net, the new year. Mm-hmm. So, because, you know, the Buckeyes play the 29th when we would normally record. So, I'm going to watch that. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back in the new year. Have so. to be putting together some of, like, our top ten of the year list and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, but, as always, um, my call to action is to share the show. Like, subscribe, comment on the to, to YouTube, social media stuff. Every little action you do affects the show. So let we, us know your favorite uh, holiday movie. And yes, show. yes. Comment on and let us know what you want to hear. So we're, we're we we used to do where we let somebody pick the segment of the night when we did pre shows. So maybe we'll we'll do some of that or something. I need to get we need to get on to trying our TikTok lives or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can do First that. Of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interact with us because that helps get the show back into the algorithms and stuff like that and helps other people see it. And we actually did get somebody uh, tagged uh, the podcast on uh, Instagram. It was like, you guys need to listen to this. It was, it was good. Yeah. And uh, so I, I messaged her and I said, thanks, because it shows up in your messages when somebody tags you. And uh, I was like, hey, how'd you find out about us? And uh, right on Apple's homepage. So it was cool. a recommended show, and I was like, "That's kind of fucking cool." Yeah, like, like, got a uh, rate, like you said, love rate and comment on Apple and Spotify and all that. And you can do that on YouTube and everything. Oh yeah, on every platform. So, but uh, comment on the TikToks. Thank you, Matt Mitchell. Yeah. Thank <laughs> yes. You, Matt. Yes, and people are starting to get their their Christmas cards now and tagging us on Facebook. Yep, that's always fun. And thank you, I, thank I you, love Mr. it, Derek, Mr. Derek Pope. I love it, and you know, a lot of people are saying this was the best one yet. So, which they say that every year. Yeah. I don't know how I can keep topping them, but Zach T. Jordan did this one. I just kind of told him what I wanted, and he drew it up instead of me photoshopping a picture. But uh, and our boy Derek, he's like, "I hope you guys are jealous. Look what the card I got." I'm like, "Yeah, makes you feel good." Yeah, and Derek is awesome. Yeah, uh, but that's all we have for you. As always, keep it sleazy. Thanks for listening to the Sleazy Podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and remember, listen to Sleazy.